and welcome to another episode of Cathode Raycast, the Story Screen Presents podcast where we talk about all things television. Hello, I am your host, Bernadette Gorman-White, but before I introduce who my guest is for this episode, I want to A, thank you for clicking on this podcast and giving us a listen, whether it's your first time or you're a repeat listener, we very much appreciate that you're here. If you have found this podcast on any of your podcasting apps, make sure to like, comment, rate, review, but especially follow and turn on notifications so that you get all of the upcoming podcasts that are going to be released over the course of these next weeks. And uh, make sure you come back and listen to previous podcasts if you enjoy this one. But now, without further ado, we'll get into the meat and potatoes of what this podcast is. I'm talking Schmigadoon, the new release that came out in July on Apple TV+. And I'm joined by Yarko Dobryansky. Hello. I'm, I'm happy to be part of this uh, podcast. I've enjoyed two other with, uh, with uh, Mike Burge, and uh, this will be my first outside of the Burge realm. <laughs> the Burge realm. The Burge realm. Don't let him hear that. <laughs> He's going to like that too much. <laughs> He's going to make a t-shirt with that on it. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Listeners, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but Yarko has been on two previous episodes. He did a couple of overdrinkers. Mm-hmm. You guys talked. Uh, uh, Masters of the Universe. Yes. And then Clifford. Excellent. Yeah. Awesome. So similarly to overdrinkers, here at Cathode Raycast, we don't really do a spoiler-free section of the podcast like we do with hot takes. So we're really just going to kind of dive right in nice. to the the six-episode series of Schmigadoon. Um, Which is a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about in six yeah. episodes, for sure. But we're probably going to get right into it. So, Yarko, yes. for listeners who might want to stop listening now, do you recommend the series? I absolutely recommend the series. I do as well. So, yeah, if you don't care about spoilers, that's great. Stick around. If you do, take some time off. Go watch it. Come back. <laughs> join us. Yeah, so overall, what is your experience with musicals? Are you a big musical guy? I've always been a musical guy. Yeah. Um, I've always been a big TV guy, so I've watched movies, television shows, uh, musicals. I I was watching from when AMC started on TV and TCM followed after. Um, So I'm I'm familiar with most, if not all, the musicals. Um, And so when Schmigadoon came out, I instantly knew that the beginning was based off of Brigadoon. Right. Yeah. Which is a, not part of the, like, elite musicals, I would say. But it, it's in there. Everybody knows about Brigadoon that knows musicals. You know, it's this city that pops up every hundred years and you have, I think, like, until sunrise to uh, to get out. Mm-hmm. So I, I was waiting for that catch. But it, it, it was interesting how Schmigadoon just kind of delved into every other musical after yeah. the beginning of, you know, Brigadoon. Yeah, it was kind of like a fake parody jukebox musical musical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they were stealing from everything. <laughs> everything. I love it. Yeah, I actually, I knew Brigadoon by name. Okay. But I didn't really know the premise mm-hmm. of what Brigadoon was about. So I looked into that after watching the series. And nice. Heath, my husband, was kind of telling me a little bit about Brigadoon mm-hmm. as I was watching the show. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But when I read about it later, so spoilers for Brigadoon. Like, a very old musical. (laughs) Too soon. (laughs) Too Too soon. soon. (laughs) Um, 
There's also a premise that if someone from the town of Brigadoon decides they want to leave, the town disappears. Yes. So they really left that weightiness out of the equation for Schmigadoon, which yeah. I guess was probably smart. They wanted to be more lighthearted. But but did they? I don't know. The, I mean, not to jump ahead, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like um, the school marm let some sort of reveal happen when they when she was with uh Josh picnicking with her oh. with her mm-hmm. brother son um <laughs> her brother son <laughs> <laughs> and and he said he has to go back to New York and she all of a sudden breaks her like her character and she says no like in shock right so i i think the characters of Schmigadoon know are aware yeah are aware of what's happening yeah i do like that she said something along the lines of like, I don't know how long Handyman season's going to last this time. Right. So it's like, you know that people some, have come in to Schmigadoon in the past. Yes. But you don't know if people have. Have left. I mean, I guess maybe not, considering these people are all still alive. Right. <laughs> and not dead. Yeah. So yeah, I guess. Like, Unless they're not following the same rules. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Fun premise. I, Although I there's only one rule. True love. I, True love. Yeah. <laughs> They're very easy. They're very easy. Introduced by the by the uh, wonderful Martin Short. And the only scene that you see him in. That, and that's all you need. Right? <laughs> that's all you need. The forced perspective of him being so tiny. <laughs> I know. Was so gimmicky and not really like well done, great. but it made it even better. Yeah. Like they purposely made it look very silly. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> that was great. Over the top. Wonderful. Very much so. Yeah. So, yeah, the basic premise is you have Melissa, played wonderfully by Cecily Strong, who I love. Awesome. Um, and then you have Keegan-Michael Key playing Josh, Josh. and wayward, star-crossed lovers, doctors, who met and they've been <laughs> together for four years and the magic is gone. Right. And so they're trying to figure out if they actually love each other. Yarko, did you want them to end up together? I did. You did? I did. Uh, I'm, I'm a purist that way like i i love uh you know if you introduce two characters together and they have troubles i like them coming back at the end yeah yeah fair on my second watch through i was okay and became more comfortable and wanted them to be together but i thought it would have been very bold and fresh to be like oh no it's okay they don't have to be together they've learned that they're great people but that they don't work Right. And so the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, it'd be great if they ended up with different people right. at the end. And maybe even Which were stay, two great but... people. Right. Yeah. So it was I, – I could see the struggle of, oh, do we – do I want them to not continue with this person and go back? Right. Yeah. They, they cast it very well. They did. Yeah. Yeah. Really, Cecily was the one who pulled me into the show because mm-hmm. obviously it's produced by Lauren Michaels. Right. But I think Cecily is one of the unsung heroes of the most recent SNL cast. Oh, yeah. Um, are you an avid SNL watcher? I, I am. A, I would say I'm an avid SNL watcher of the last 20, 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I grew up watching SNL. Yeah. I'm a huge fighter that I think all casts are great. Yes. I really dislike it when people say, like, it's not like the good old days. Right. Mm-hmm. Referring to SNL, because I think every cast has its strengths and every cast has its weaknesses. Oh, yeah. But yeah, Cecily is. She's phenomenal. She's so great. Yeah. And she's got a great voice. A great voice. Yeah. That she sometimes gets to use on SNL. Sometimes, yeah. But I feel like Lauren 
wanted to like help create this project for her to really showcase mm-hmm. all of those talents that she doesn't get to use as much. Well, also, um, she's one of those that started her career a little later. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's she's in her late thirties right now, mm-hmm. and she's only been on SNL since what twenty fifteen or twenty fourteen. Yeah, it hasn't been too too long. Yeah, so good for her. I mean, that's awesome to have to fall on a huge career like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's interesting. I listened to uh, the Mark Marin podcast, WTF, mm-hmm. and Mark had her on a couple months ago, and she was talking about her upbringing, and she, I, th- I don't know if it's anxiety or depression, but she's, she suffers from something, oh, and yeah. she really likes to kind of stay reserved into herself mm-hmm. um, when she's not acting, yeah. so I think that's really cool that she can turn that on, but she also knows herself well enough yeah. to understand that she needs like a disconnect from that. I feel like a lot of uh, great comedians have some sort of opposite side to them, you know? Right. I mean, case in point, like Robin Williams, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Farley. Chris Farley. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, SNL has kind of been plagued with, you know, featuring very creative people, giving them a vehicle and maybe not knowing how to help them steer that vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's good now. I think people are being a lot more honest and open about their issues and what they're struggling with. Well, because okay, I think society is more open to hearing it, which right. is, you know, not a good reason to all of a sudden start talking about it. But <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but great that we're sort of evolving. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Good for you, society. <laughs> You're finally catching up <laughs> to humans who have existed for enti- the entirety of society. <laughs> Um, you had said that Lauren Michaels did this, um, but I, I did just listen to an NPR um, show last night when I hopped in the car to go to the grocery store. <laughs> and it just by so happenstance. Ha- by happenstance. It just so happens that uh, Cinco Paul was being interviewed, which is one of the uh, producers and um, also a music writer. Yes, and showrunner, I believe. And showrunner, yeah. And he, he uh, did this with Ken Dario. Mm-hmm. And I guess this script has been around for about... 20 years so it's been floating around and then i don't know i didn't catch who who picked it up or maybe he pitched it to lauren michaels Mm. but um but it worked out well with um with both characters of mel and josh being the leads perfect timing yeah right time right place for sure absolutely were there any other Interesting tidbits that you learned during that interview? Other tidbits. Um, you know, I tried to focus, but I was uh, driving with uh, trying to cool down after my boys were throwing tantrum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I only caught that, that, that part stuck in my head. That's about it. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did some researching because I was unfamiliar with both um, Cinco Paul. Yeah. Which is one of the funniest names I've heard in my life. <laughs> and Kendario. And I was looking into them and apparently they wrote like Despicable Me, Despicable oh, no Me kidding. Two, Secret Life of Pets. Wow. So they've had a really big career in animation. That's huge. In that studio house. But they also are responsible for Bubble Boy. <gasps> which is no. not a well loved film, but my family really loves Bubble Boy. <laughs> I've watched Bubble Boy a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that really cracked me up to find out that those two gentlemen was also that did that. First, I don't think it was their first. Okay, um, that was a while ago. 
A while ago, yeah. yeah. They've been writing partners for a long time, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. But Bubble Boy. Whew. Ooh. Took me back. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last, like, interesting piece of information I found out about them was that they're both LDS. They're both members of the Church of Latter-day Saints. Oh, right. So they're both Mormons. I thought you were quoting William Shatner in Star Trek IV. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might be a little quick this morning, but I'm not that quick this morning. <laughs> He's been doing a little too much LDS. <laughs> I mean, opinions come out, sure. But yeah. yeah L, L, LDS, uh, they're an interesting group of yes. people. Um, I did. Oh, you jogged a, a memory from, yes. the, from the interview. He, he wrote... A musical for the LDS when they were celebrating, um, I forget the, I think the church's history. Okay. Um, and they, it was the, I think he said it was the first time that usually they do like a serious musical version of, uh, I don't know who they believe, do they believe in Jesus Christ? I don't know. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so they do usually do a serious like musical about Jesus Christ, but he added humor for the first time. And they loved it so much that they actually reprised it years later. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did this predate the Book of Mormon? I believe it did. Oh, poor guys. <laughs> <laughs> Something else took off. Dang it. <laughs> they were so close. So close. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I'm most familiar with LDS just because I watched Big Love on HBO. Oh, yes. I don't know if you watched Big Love. I did. I did a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really my grand knowledge of Mormonism. <laughs> it's watching this fictional show. Isn't that where we get all of our knowledge? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm, I'm Catholic. I was raised Catholic. I still consider myself to be a Catholic. Mm-hmm. I know a little bit about different faiths, but most of it I get from TV. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the only way. <laughs> that's the only way. <laughs> Not mingling in society or asking people questions about no. their lives. Or, or at TV. least listening to any priest or anything. No. 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 I learned about the Ten Commandments by watching the Ten Commandments. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) What a great way to learn. Yeah. (laughs) And then it's over in like two and a half hours. (laughs) Why why does Moses also have the name Charlton Heston? I don't understand. Interesting. I wonder if there's a deeper meaning to this. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, getting back to uh, Schmigadoon, what are some of your favorite musical references that they pulled um i you know there are a lot and i would say the, the most obvious to me would be the the musical melodies mm-hmm. um so there's a scene where well let's start off with just schmigadoon that that song schmigadoon right that's mm-hmm. like a takeoff of oklahoma, oklahoma. yeah mm-hmm. which is great yeah and they they just you know they change a note here and there so that <laughs> it's not to, Copyright oh, render. Yes. Yeah. And the same thing with when Mel is in the doctor's office. She already hooked up with the doctor, right? They're together. And they're having a serious conversation. And then all of a sudden, they're about to dance. And it's the two first notes of The King and I. And then you're ready to, like, feel it. And they switch it up on the third note. Just so, again, like, I'm sure it's all about copyright, right? I would imagine uh, yeah. so. But it's those those hints I thought were so good. Um, yeah. And then verbally, I guess you know when Mel just rolls off any musical is great when they're 
in the hotel lobby and <laughs> discussing, uh, you know, she's trying to convince uh, Josh that, oh, no, not, not all musicals people get killed or something right right but she starts rolling them off one by one and he was like it sounds like all of the all musicals, the musicals. <laughs> she was like oh yeah yeah <laughs> um and then there's when when josh enters the doctor's office and asks her for advice and she gives him advice and then he's like wait wait is that gonna work and she goes i don't know shapoopy yeah <laughs> yeah shapoopy from music like, man how long do you need right <laughs> how long do you have do you want the whole plot <laughs> Yeah, musicals just don't really make a lot of sense most of the time. Most of the time. But I th- I think <laughs> when she referenced Shibupi, um, Shibupi's like a nonsense song. There's no point for it in the musical. It's just right. a filler, right? Right. So I think she's also saying that, well, who cares? It's just, you know, nonsense. It could work or could not. Right. Yeah. It's still going to play in right. the musical. Exactly. Like you're still going to get your scene in. It's not going to get cut. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I love to, um, in the second episode where at the very end, it kind of in between episode two and three, mm-hmm. where Josh has to propose to Betsy because oh, yeah. he's going to be killed by her former father. Um, you see Betsy sitting like out in the town square, mm-hmm. showing off her ring, saying she's so excited to marry a doctor. And Mel has a line where she says like, oh man, women just weren't written well in musicals. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, No. Not at all. <laughs> they were not. <laughs> yeah, I really liked how the the show is both a send up and an homage, and you mm-hmm. know they're praising musicals for the actual great art that they provide. Oh yeah. While Mel is like slowly realizing, oh, all of these musicals were bad for me. <laughs> like growing up believing that true love and this idealized version of what romance is, right, is kind of poisoning if you take it at face value. Mm-hmm. And if you don't consider the implications of how it's painting you as a female and raising what expectations you have in your own life. Absolutely. So, yeah, I really love that it opened with uh, Mel watching um, Singing in the Rain. Yeah. And Josh, like, not being into it at all. And I love Singing in the Rain. It's love one it. of my favorite yeah. movies slash musicals. And, yeah, just having them watch that and then Mel, like, slowly realize, like, oh, these are kind of bad for me. I need to just approach this as a film, not like a way people actually interact with each other. Right. Yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting that within Schmigadoon, there was one character that actually thought realistically. Do you know who I'm talking about? I'm assuming the school marm, but no. I would say, I mean, yes, school marm, but I'd say even more Reverend Layton. Yeah. When he has that conversation with, um, played by the wonderful Fred Armisen. Um, when he has a conversation with Josh, when Josh sneaks into the church at night, right? And yes. And they yes. talk about true love. And the reverend says, well, I, I think it just all means that it, it takes a lot of work. True love takes a lot of work. Right. And that, I mean, that's probably the first honest moment that any of the Schmigadoon characters have. Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely agree with you. Um, which goes to my theory that there's, I feel like there's... An inside world that we haven't seen yet. Season two needs to reveal something. Right. Yeah. Because it does seem like with the mayor and uh, played by Alan Cumming, which is great. Awesome. Love him. Yeah. And the Fred Armisen character, the Mm -hmm. reverend. It seems like they are slowly realizing that they are cast in roles that don't suit them. 
Right. And so there is kind of this like fourth wall breaking Mm -hmm. that they're slowly starting to come to terms with the fact that, oh, I've been cast in this role, but this isn't actually who I am. Mm -hmm. And so Mel and Josh have really started to break down the barriers between what might be false narrative and what might be actual reality. Yeah. But yeah, hard to say in the concept of like a fictional town like Schmigadoon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... (laughs) Just the fact that the mayor's name, what is it? <laughs> Mayor Menlove? Yeah, Menlove. <laughs> Aloysius Menlove. I love it. <laughs> I love that scene in episode two where Mel has just broken up with Josh and she's so sad. Yeah. And she runs into the mayor and he's crying he's in the woods. In the woods. Yeah. And he sings that song about true love will find you. Right. And it slowly revealed through the song that he's singing about himself. himself. <laughs> And then Melissa's, Mayor, are you gay? He was like, I try to be. (laughs) (laughs) Such a good response. So good. So good. I also love her interaction with the mayor's wife, um, Florence, Mm -hmm. played by Anne uh, Harada. Yeah. Yeah. Who apparently is well known for being Avenue Q. um, Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, she has a great voice. She does. And I, lo- I love Mel's interaction while she sings her song in the mayor's mansion. Yeah. <laughs> and went the one line where she's like, oh, yeah, that's me in high school. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I can kind of relate to that, too. <laughs> Not really in high school, more so in college. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> a denial of... of- the man you want is gay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, slowly you start to realize, like, oh, I can really identify with this person. And then you're like, oh, this is why. <laughs> Gosh darn it. Gosh darn it. Why can't it always work out the way I want it to? Um, should we should we talk about the the villain? Oh yes. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Kristen Chenoweth. Mm-hmm. Mildred Layton. You always know you're going to get something good. Oh, with she's Chenoweth. spectacular. Yeah. Everything she touches is incredible. Agreed. Now, with that said, I I watched the series twice. Yes. And the first time around, when she has that song in the square, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Strife and Tribulations. Strife and Tribulations. Yes, thank you. I was not impressed. Was, I was like, what, what What? a waste of talent. Like, the song is nothing. And then I listened to it a second time, and I don't know what what happened that I didn't see how great that song was and how great she was in it. But that that song with her acting of this vicious, evil woman was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Absolutely brilliant. I, I, can, I can relate to that type of personality very well. I'm not going to name names. <laughs> but I know older women that way that are just in such denial and want to keep the world that they have um, going mm-hmm. that she, she, she nailed it to the T. It was good. Agreed. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Indiana. And so the music band, which doesn't take place in Indiana, but has that song, Gary, Indiana. Right. Um, that's like a big one. I've watched sound of music or sound of music, the music band. Music band. Multiple times. Yeah. Especially in high school. It was like one of those movies where you're in band class and the director doesn't really want to direct you today. So he throws on a movie. Oh, really? Yeah. The Music Man, <laughs> for sure. So I, I really love 
uh, Strife and Tribulation because it's a send up to the Music Man. Yes. Um, which is great. But I also love when uh, Mildred, she, there's a very quick moment and it took me out the first time I watched it. It was so funny. She picks up the Bible and she's holding it upside down. Yes. Which I think is a direct reference yes. to Donald Trump. I, I was just Holding say. the Bible upside down. <laughs> saying like, listen to me, I'm a religious person. Right. Okay. So funny. And I wonder if she did that herself. Right. If she threw that in there. Yeah. I could see that. I can see that too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the second time that I watched it as well, I was much more sympathetic to her situation. Mm-hmm. Because I wonder too how much she knew that her husband was gay, but she knew if she kept this town very religious, he would never be able to leave her or to come out. Right. And if it was her way of also controlling him. I mean, obviously she has this very strict worldview and she knows she's in a position of power. She's married to the reverend and this is a religious town. And I, I would, I would say that her personality is, is perfect to the T because that also applies to have a spouse that's, of some sort of power, mm-hmm. they'll never let go of that because it's status for them. Right. And that way they have some sort of say. Right. Yeah. So it, it that makes it, it, it's, it's interesting how they wrote these characters knowing personalities. I wonder if they was, if they had some sort of former study of personality, but it, it's very to the T. It's very good. Definitely. Yeah. I think it would be interesting, maybe just as like an extra, not something that would be in the series itself proper, mm-hmm. but the way that they are put toe-to-toe with Josh and Mel, mm-hmm. it seems like Josh and Mel are the first people to wander into Schmigadoon who's actually giving the town a run for its money. Right. And obviously, they talk about it all the time. It's very much built into their characters that they're both doctors, which means they're pretty intelligent people. This isn't just a lover spat. It is two warring ideologies yeah. going toe-to-toe with each other by two very intelligent people. Right. So it makes me wonder, like, how many, like, teenagers or young adults have wandered into Schmigadoon having relationship <laughs> issues that the town are just like, we can break them. Yeah. <laughs> like, this will be easy. Right. Right. Because Josh and Mel are already adults. They're already set in their ways. Right. And they're also, there's a contrast of Josh and Mel are from let's say the new world, right? Yes. Where they're, they don't really follow old school etiquette. So they're thrown into this world that has, it's all about etiquette. It's all about, you know, respecting certain people and they just don't care because they, they never had to. It wasn't part of their world. Right. Right. So they, them entering this world, I feel has seeped into other people's personalities and that's why people are have broken one by one right the other characters yeah yeah that makes sense too yeah and i really respected coming from the new world josh and mel never really say anything about technology per se yeah i did too which i really enjoyed right it was kind of strange yeah but it was nice it was nice to not see modern day characters no no mention of a cell phone no nothing no I think at one point, like Josh says, I just want to like watch the whatever game and check my emails or something. Right. And that's really like the most we get. Yeah. Of like new world technology, which was great. Well, because I mean, that's that's all you need. Right. <laughs> that's all you need. But but at the same time, I think they 
they instantly realize they're they're mature enough and old enough to realize that technology is not going to get them out of this. No. They they got the riddle from Martin Short's Leprechaun, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they are trying to use their brains. Yes. Which segue into what I really would like to talk about is the relationship between men and women or Josh and Mel, where she is so upset with him for taking every woman across the bridge, (laughs) but he is trying to figure out a way out. It's nothing against her. It's not personal. Yeah. I think she's more upset because, yes, what if he got out? Does that mean she would have ever seen him again? I believe that he would have come came back. Come back yeah. for her? Because he's just he just seems like a very logical person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He doesn't do a very good job of explaining his intentions. And he, that's a problem. He doesn't. That is a problem. But I I know people like that, like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, I, I, you know, that the character just, it's just, it's, he feels like it's given. It's a given. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, of course I'm going to come back. Why should I even have to say that? Right. I'm just trying to solve a problem right now. That's what that's my main focus. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah, Heath is very similar. Uh, oh, yeah. With him, every once in a while, he'll catch me off guard because he'll say something and it's not exactly what he means, which right. isn't a typical thing that Heath does. Usually if he's saying something, it's like, that's exactly what he means. Right. Um, and yeah, so every once in a while, he'll catch me off guard and he'll be like, why did you say that? Because... This isn't how you are. So I definitely know what you mean, like the logical yeah. problem-solving yeah. type of personality. Fix the problem first, then talk about it after. Yeah. Yeah. Because the emotions don't figure into the problem-solving at all. No, it's useless. Y- yeah. There's you have n- to take it out. Take it out. It's a waste of time. You don't even know how much time you have. Right. You have to solve the problem. Right. <laughs> yeah. It, the character of Josh – because, yeah, again, the first time I watched it, I – was kind of okay with maybe Mel finding someone else. But mm-hmm. then Josh obviously starts somehow unthawing. It's like he's been like an ice cube yeah. his entire life. And Schmigadoon is slowly like warming him up. Yeah. And he's becoming more human and realizing, oh, this is how you interact with people. And it's okay right. to show emotions and get attached to people. Yeah. I wonder if like in his backstory for his character, if he was really hurt at some point. And maybe got too emotional with someone and decided, well, that doesn't work for me. And maybe. maybe, Or maybe yeah. he had parents that affected him that way. Right. You know, that he saw their relationship and he said, oh, I don't want to. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to be a realist, so to speak. or Right. You know, not emotional. Yeah. Right. No offense to all the realists out there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that scene where he's taking all the women across the bridge and they're singing about it. And they're like, it. it's a literal bridge. <laughs> no mystery here. Yeah. It's a literal bridge. <laughs> oh, my God. Which is great. Yeah. Um, the school marm. Yes. I feel is the unsung hero in this whole show. She is fantastic. She's so good. And when I looked her up, of course she's fantastic. She was in Hamilton. Yeah. I mean, anybody from that show is a powerhouse. Yeah. Her whole scene, let me, I just want to uh, say uh, Ariana DeBossi. Yeah, DeBoss or DeBose. I'm not really sure. Yeah. I haven't heard her name spoken aloud. Um, but she, what a phenomenal voice. And her acting, her movement. Incredible. That scene in the school where she puts the dunce cap on on Josh in the corner yeah. and she starts dancing. That whole scene is fantastic. 
I mean, the way she goes through the, the, the school kids' chairs and tables and dances at the same time, unbelievable. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I think that is the standout scene. Yeah. That or the scene where both couples are dancing and they dance into each other's frames, which oh, we yeah, can talk about cool. later. Yeah. Um, those two scenes, I think, really stood out the most to me. Yeah. Yeah. And um, what I found out later was that she, both Ariana and um, Keegan were in prom. Oh, yeah. The prom movie. I didn't watch the prom. Did yeah. you? Unfortunately, I did. I heard it was not great. <laughs> but... um. But it, it helped me have a good reference to this to the show. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's great. I got something out of it. <laughs> I mean, if she's in it, that definitely makes me want to watch it more. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a very far aside, but we're talking about the prom. Right. It's unfortunate that in the most recent years, I used to really love James Corden. Mm-hmm. Um, big Gavin and Stacey fan. I was a fan of his when he whenever he was on Doctor Who. I oh, always yeah. thought that was great. But ever since he got. The Late Late Show. The Late Late Show. And he's kind of come over here. I just can't get behind him anymore. I've heard it's kind of kind not of a lost great... his luster? Yeah. Mm. I've heard it's not a great look for him in the prom. I've heard... It, it's... He's playing the character in a way, and I'm sure he was directed to do so, which is kind of I a I think bummer. he's just playing it the way he's been. Yeah. You know, like his his personality on the, on the Late Late Show, you know? Yeah. Doesn't really delve into anything deeper. Sure. Yeah. Maybe that's the problem. I just feel like he's like so like stuck in a rut. Yeah, like surface level. It just yeah. nothing really feels genuine right. anymore, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. But But yeah, apparently Ariana um I used to watch a lot of So You Think You Can Dance, mm-hmm. and apparently she was on So You Think You Can Dance as a dancer. Oh. Back in 2009, which would have been I believe after I had stopped watching it. Uh-huh. Cuz I watched it when I was in high school. And so 2009, obviously, I wasn't in high school anymore, so I wasn't at home. I wasn't watching So You Think You Can Dance with my siblings. Right. So I feel like that was after my time. But I thought that was very cool Mm -hmm. that not only does she have a great voice, that she obviously is a very good dancer. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's a fantastic dancer. Yeah. Yeah. Again, anybody that came out of that Hamilton show, (laughs) they should be hired for everything. Yeah, it's a pretty good resume builder. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's all you need. Top of your CV. That's what you're putting on, <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> um, but yeah, the actually the entire cast of Schmigadoon, every time the ensemble was mm-hmm. on screen and they were all dancing, incredible. so impressive. Yeah, very impressive. Yeah. Even the background dancers. I mean, yeah, they're all top-notch talent. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, the other one is uh, Dove Cameron. Yeah, I, I don't know, Dove? That's Betsy. Yeah. Dove. Dove, Dove. 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 I feel like Kirsten Wig in um, yeah. Bridesmaids. <laughs> yeah. Stove. What kind of name is Stove? Stove. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dove. What kind of name is Dove? <laughs> Sorry, Dove. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, it's what happens when you look at a bunch of names that you're unfamiliar with. I know. <laughs> you're like, Nothing's making sense anymore. Am I in Brigadoon or Schmigadoon? Schmigadoon. <laughs> oh god um she i looked her up and she's in the the descendants series do on you Disney. watch that i just started watching it just to okay. see if it was uh, appropriate for my five-year-old boys uh-huh and it's not just yet but i could see them totally getting into it in a few years yeah 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 and she's in i think all the seasons which is i think, I think right. four i think it's four seasons i think you're right yeah i definitely have an interest in watching the descendants mm-hmm. um 
I just came off. I mean, granted, it ended a couple years ago, but I watched all of Once Upon a Time. Oh yeah, I, I stuck with it even you, when it even was when bad. Even when jumped the shark. Yeah. Wow. Um. So I feel like I'm a little worn out yeah. on like Disney uh-huh. aside shows, Disney adjacent shows, where they're kind of like spinning the characters in different ways. Yeah. Um. But I have heard good things about the Descendants. I, I've heard nothing but good things about the Descendants. Um, yeah. And I've had my know shortcomings about it just because it's uh more of a kid friendly show right but that never stopped me before so i don't know why i felt that way (laughs) sure (laughs) probably because you had a lot on your plate probably you were watching other things yeah but (laughs) but yeah other more adult related fare took took precedence (laughs) over the descendants (laughs) but yeah dove cameron i I hate to talk about physical appearance when really critiquing anything, because mm-hmm. I think that should be, like, the last on the list. Mm-hmm. But Dove Cameron just looks like a doll to me. She, she does. She looks like a porcelain doll. It's incredible, yes. the makeup work yeah. they do on her face. Unbelievable. Yes. Um, she's She fits her role very well because she easily looks like her age in her 20s, right? But sure. she could also be a teenager. Easily. Easily. Yeah. And so that whole back and forth with Josh <laughs> trying to figure out her age, which I'm surprised he didn't. I mean, I guess he did ask her directly, right? But sort of in a roundabout way. Because he didn't want to know. Because he didn't want <laughs> <laughs> He wanted to know. He wanted to know, but didn't want to know. He didn't want to know. <laughs> he didn't want the trail to end. Right. But he also didn't want to get in trouble. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, fe- I feel like that storyline got cut short just a little bit like it could have they could have played more comedy you know like up and up in that wherever they were absolutely yeah right Uh, before her father comes with a shotgun virgin's point or whatever they call it yeah i will say nest yeah (laughs) when she did do that like look to the side and she was like there's that tree that my dad planted when i was born (laughs) and it was a tiny tree it was a tiny tree but i will say trees take a long time to grow they do so i was like especially from seed yes so i'm like she's probably really old if you're using this tree bit (laughs) as logical conclusion of how old she is (laughs) everything else was like oh this is funny oh this is funny and then she's like there's that tree and i'm like oh i know this is supposed to be funny right but my realistic brain and knowledge of trees i'm like (laughs) it's probably kind of an old tree (laughs) if it was raised from a seed yeah but i mean who's to say that soil that underneath it is loose it could be very dense and right that's as far as it goes maybe Yes. So there's there's a tree problem in this show. Yes. Everybody, when you watch the show, don't get distracted by the tree. Especially when earlier at the very beginning, they're like, "What's up with all these fake plants?" And Melissa, <laughs> yeah. Melissa was like, "I think they're probably trying to conserve water." <laughs> Just a lot of really funny yeah. commentary on scenery and plays. Oh, absolutely. And musicals, yeah. Um. Do you think that they get out? I I would like to think that they do escape mm. at the end of the show. Mm. I do think that they have realized that they truly love each other or that what this idea of true love, they can apply it to themselves but in a different way. Mm-hmm. They finally learned how to like confront the love they have for each other and understand that it's not this idealized version. And they've come to like an understanding. So I do think they get out. What do you think? I don't think they get out. You think they're trapped? Yeah. But that they're going to be happy about it, maybe? 
I don't think they're going to be happy. I think he's going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> he's not ready to stay with two of his exes exactly. and Mel in this <laughs> tiny town. I think they're. I think that the issue will be that they've changed the town too much, that they can't leave. Um, but then have to figure out a different way. I feel like Martin Short will be coming back as the leprechaun. He's like the rules have changed. The rules have changed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it just it's little. Finger taps. <laughs> I feel like but the only reason why I say that is because of the way they shot it and cut to black right before they even, I feel like, even go up to the halfway mark of the bridge. Right. It, there's something looming behind it. And then I keep going back to um, the school marm and her yeah. reaction at the picnic. That just, like, broke. It broke her character and and it broke my belief in, oh, there's something darker here. There's something more sinister. Lurking. Lurking. Yeah. And I'm not usually like the, ooh, I want dark stuff, you know. <laughs> I, I, I can't stand it. I you're, like the, you're like, an optimist. I'm an optimist. I like the good stuff. I like the true love. I, I believe in it. But I, I am very suspicious. Interesting. Yes. See, I'm curious. My prediction was that maybe this first season of Schmigadoon is contained. Mm-hmm. And maybe what I think would be fun is if they do the second season or just every subsequent season, kind of like Ryan couple. Murphy style, where same cast, mm-hmm. but they do different musicals. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think it would be fun to kind of like go through the ages of all of the different eras of musicals Ooh. and to eventually get to more like modern yeah. era musicals. And I don't know if it's going to be Josh and Mel who like are perpetually trapped in all of these different musical towns or mm-hmm. musical vibes. I, I don't really know what to expect. But it, it is interesting because how long can they keep this premise of this particular schmigadoon going? Right, right. Without it feeling kind of stale. Well, I mean, I think there's more to schmigadoon than we've seen thanks to Jane Krakowski's character, the That's Duchess. That's true. Uh, <laughs> the she, Countess. The Countess, sorry. <laughs> I, I've elevated her too much. Yes. <laughs> Knock her down a few pegs. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, she drives Mel out to the middle of nowhere, which I didn't think was possible. I thought Schmigadoon yeah. was just a small town. Yeah. So maybe there's a connecting town. Oh, that would be interesting. Yes. And if so. If so maybe they're, from... maybe they're filled with Nazis because she's a Nazi. Oh, yeah. That was very funny. <laughs> Your of subtext means you're a Nazi. You didn't say it explicitly, but I think you're a Nazi. Of course I'm a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. Which, I mean, she she brings in the, the sound of music, right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So they, they I feel like they touched upon just about every musical. They did a lot. Yeah. I mean, they kept it pretty contained. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they really touched a lot of bases there. Yeah. For sure. I thought that you were about to say um, it would be interesting if Mel and Josh got out and then every season there's a new couple that comes in. That could be fun, too. That could be fun. But that would be that would be really hard to do if it's just Schmigadoon. Right. Because it is the same characters, yeah. Right. Yeah. I feel like that would become like a fever dream and by like season four, like all of the characters in Schmigadoon are desperate to get out. They're all like the best people they possibly could be. Right. Right. <laughs> They're like, why can't we escape? <laughs> We're changing for the better. Right. Well, so that's, I feel like maybe the school marm wanted to escape. Yeah. I think she was happy to have finally found someone who she fully could trust. So is it that she 
not to not to dive deeper into the rabbit hole, but is it that she fully trusted him or did she actually love him? I think a little column A, a little column B. Yeah? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think she may have slightly loved him because she did let him go. There's that letting go scene, which is, you know, what's that saying that, you know, if you really love somebody, you let them go, right? Right. right. So maybe that was it. And then she just stood there with her brother's son. Yeah, her brother's son. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it, it does seem kind of sad because obviously if we're choosing to dig into this uh, casting of characters and you're kind of seeing that like Mildred is finally realizing that she's been cast in the wrong role or that she's kind of tired of playing this villain role. Oh, And, interesting. you know, the reverend and the mayor, they're yeah. finally realizing they're not written correctly. Right. If we choose to apply that to Emma, it is interesting because the whole time they're telling her like she's never taken a husband. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't seem like there's... I guess there are a couple more single men in town, but it seems like most people are already coupled off. Right. So her options are Larry the firefighter. Or. Pete. <laughs> like, yeah, Pete. Poor Pete. The the guy who runs the inn. Yeah, like, or. Or. Oh, we're talking about Danny Bailey? Yeah. That would be cute because I really cute. like Danny yeah. Bailey. Because <laughs> when Melissa has that one night stand with him and she makes that – he makes that big breakfast for her, and she was like, it. I got to leave. And I'm like, why do you have to leave? Right. Look at what he's doing for you. <laughs> Look at him. He's adorable. <laughs> Just hang out with him. You I were love into that it, whole song after. not into it. <laughs> yeah. I love that whole song after, where he comes to the conclusion that he's impregnated her. Yes. <laughs> and, then, and then he says, he starts talking about it, or singing about it as if it's a boy. And then there's that moment where he says, or what if it's a girl? And she's like, what? And he was like, everything will change. (laughs) She was like, no, No. it wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. And in the previous song, or two songs ago, his first opening number, he says like, we'll have two boys for me and two girls for you. (laughs) She was like, shouldn't the children be for both of us? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. He was was fantastic. He was great. Yes. I am unfamiliar with him as well. Aaron... Uh, yeah, right. I looked. I looked him up, and I guess he was on Gossip Girl oh, okay. for a little bit. And um, OG Gossip Girl. Oh, is there a different one? Yeah, HBO just brought back Gossip Girl. Oh, I haven't watched either. Interesting. I think it was Gossip Girl, unless I'm wrong. I mean, that seems like a thing. Yeah, that he would have been cast on. Right. But yeah, it was it was Gossip Girl. Got it. Got yeah, it. Tw- 2007, 2012. Yes. So OG. OG Gossip Girl. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I really enjoyed him. He was yeah. great. And it was sad because you knew he wasn't going to last. Right. At least as like a, you know, main lead of the show. Yeah. But. I mean, he was obviously not meant to be the love interest. No. Yeah. No. But he was great. He was a great one night stand. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would watch. Another couple get trapped in Schmigadoon if it meant that Danny Bailey gets to sing to every single girl who gets trapped there. <laughs> that would be hilarious. I would love that. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It'd be really funny to find out that Danny Bailey has kept some of the girls, and that's why he was making such a big breakfast, and like all of a sudden all of these <laughs> women were going to come out of the closet. And it's just like a harem of women oh, that women. Danny Bailey is trapped in Schmigadoon. <laughs> 
it would be actually funny if um if Mrs. Layton actually had some sort of relations with him prior. Oh yes. And that's why she's so against them. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe mm. so. Yeah, it's interesting too that uh well A, now Mildred is single. Mm-hmm. Florence is single. Yes. Uh, Aloysius' wife. Right. Um, but when it comes to the daughter, Nancy, of uh, the Leighton's, oh, yeah. who's hidden away and pregnant wow. out of wedlock, her suitor is a sailor. Yes. And so we could obviously be led to believe lots of musicals are about sailors. So, well, I mean, there's that the famous one with uh, Gene Kelly, mm-hmm. the three sailors. Um, mm-hmm. Wow, why is the name escaping me? Anchors away. Anchors away. That's it. So you have to wonder, like, is this a sailor character just written into this musical? Or mm-hmm. was he one of the people who wandered into Schmigadoon and decided Ooh, to stay? Got trapped. Yes. But I don't think so. He's written pretty, like, surface value. But I wonder if you get, like, some level of, like, brainwashed. Right. <laughs> if you get stuck in Schmigadoon. I think you do. I think I think that um, the school marm. Could have been someone who wandered been, in. Yeah. Because. When she was pregnant. Who's who's the father? Doesn't seem like anyone there. Right. Maybe it was a one-night stand. Maybe, you know, maybe it was something that's not this worldly, right? Or, right. or meaning schmigadoonly. Schmigadoonly. <laughs> yes. Because, <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. I wonder if, like, all of the single people who are still single, who mm-hmm. are very much defined by their jobs, right, are people who wandered in and couldn't find a mate and got stuck there. Yeah. See, we do need the extra rules from the Martin Short Leprechaun character. See? We need them. He needs to come back. And explain further. <laughs> or just give riddles. <laughs> That's fine, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have spoken about uh, Dr. Lopez. Oh, yeah. Yes. The handsome Dr. Lopez. The very handsome Dr. Lopez. And his relationship with his parents. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> very sad very realistic yes very realistic very sad but the fact that his parents you know they're they're so not they don't they don't get affected by mel they come to this conclusion of they can still have sex they can do all these things on their own right so are they not affected by schmigadoon like they're very forward thinking they are yeah even to use that lube <laughs> yeah, to understand that that could be used for that purpose. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe they just have some sort of, maybe they're they're already at a point of, like, dementia, so they can't get affected by Schmigadoon. Right. And they're just, you know, fooling around. Yeah. Yeah. Like, none of this has purpose. Yeah. Are we even real? <laughs> Why don't we just stay in bed all day? <laughs> yeah, they seemed very sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked them a lot. And yeah, the mom, especially when she picks Mel up yes. after she's been ditched, instantly realizes these aren't the rules of love. You may, you may love my son, but you really, truly love someone else. Right. And she like very clearly saw it. Oh, yeah. So. I mean, way to lay the hammer down of what is love or, or what is what what should your decision be when it comes to your emotions, Right. Right. And that love does have downfalls. Right. And sometimes you do feel lonely. And sometimes you are very frustrated with that person. But that yeah. doesn't mean you don't love them. Right. Because it's complicated. Yeah. Obviously. If only we all had that older lady drive up and tell us in moments of our life. <laughs> yes. Is this really what you want to do? Yeah. 
Are you sure? Because, <laughs> yeah, I, I do think that's also what Mel needed to hear and the realization she needed to come to because, obviously, she was very affected by musicals and this yeah. idealization of what romance is. Right. And, yeah, it was nice to see this older woman passing down the knowledge mm-hmm. to a younger woman saying, like, take off the veil. Yeah. Look beyond. Right. Let the scales fall from your eyes and see the world for what it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Just to touch upon what you were saying before about musicals, I feel like, coming from an optimistic point of view. Yes. I feel like they're not bad if you realize that there's just more to it. Just like the Reverend said, it's hard work. But these are goals that people should aspire to, right? To be happy, to be in love, to be to have that, you know, mystical ability to, you know, walk on water of because you're so in love that this i don't think there's nothing anything wrong with that but to understand that it it takes work to even get close to that so that we don't stop achieving yes you know i think that goes hand in hand with any any type of movie or any show you know these aren't realistic objectives but but they are something that we want that we dream about and dreams are good yes and you shouldn't stop dreaming but at the same time, you should realize that maybe you won't reach it, but it's about the journey, right? And that's, that's to me, I love musicals for that reason, because they bring the joy out of everything. It's 100% the end game of like, this is great. This is great. This is awesome. And then there's some really dark moments where somebody does get killed, like Mel was saying. <laughs> but, yeah. And it's like this total opposite end of the spectrum, but... That's the way I look at like optimistic things that yes, I'm I'm an optimist because I I like the idea of trying to achieve the unachievable. Un- unachievable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see exactly what you mean. Yeah. So maybe maybe Mel just needs to reevaluate how to get to that life which that she'll never get, but just have a good life. Mhm. And still love musicals. Do you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think she's finally starting to realize that she can't write the parts for other people in the play of her life. Yeah. She needs to let other people be fully realized people because Josh is a human that she wasn't allowing to just be himself. Yes. She wanted to love this idea of the version she wanted to see him be, Mm -hmm. which is never what he was going to be. And so she finally came to terms with the fact that I can write the character for myself in my own play. Yeah. But I have to let other people be able to guide their own character. Yeah. And be who they are. And, and with by doing that, you you actually allow that other person to get closer yes. to that person that you want them to be. Exactly. Because so. you're not guiding them or forcing them in right. this one direction. Because they have to find their own path. We yeah. all have to find our own path. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Because I think, too, it's important to strive for those moments and try to achieve those goals. Because yeah. I do think the the idea of re- reaching those goals is what really the moment we live in Yeah, all the time. You never get to the end. You're always just in the moment that you're in. Yeah. Yeah. And I also like, too, that I think Mel and Josh and pretty much everyone in Shmigadoon is also realizing that you're much more than your profession. Or you're much more mm-hmm. than the person you project into the world. Right. You're a complicated person. You are alone. 
but it's okay to be alone because we're all alone with each other. Right. And that's really just how you learn to identify with other people is learning to identify with yourself. Yeah. Instead of playing this role that you think you're destined to play. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, we got deep there. Yes, we did. I mean, that's good for a musical. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you want. That's what you want out of Schmigadoon. Right. <laughs> yeah, the the last, like, quick aside that I wanted to say um, is that in the first episode, in the first, like, really big opening number where they're explaining what Schmigadoon is yeah. and the people and all of the different towns, like, professions, they have a scene of the, like, the fortune teller. Oh, yeah. And I was so disappointed that we didn't see the fortune teller again because she was played by this drag queen and performer named Peppermint. Uh, and Peppermint's amazing. She's been on Broadway. Mm-hmm. She's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And uh, Maybe she'll come back in season two. Yes. I was like, ooh, Peppermint's in this? this and she's got saying. a great voice. And yeah. we didn't get to see her at all. There I, I, there are probably other aspects of Schmigadoon that we haven't seen. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. I'm, I'm into tight series runs now mm-hmm. i'm really into like a 10 episode run mm. six episode runs and then done I, I i like to be left wanting more mm. and i feel like modern television it's kind of hinging that way mm-hmm. um as opposed to you know the like typical sitcom where we were talking earlier of like 23 episodes yeah per per season right I do really like these shorter runs of series. So yeah, six episodes definitely I, could have been longer. I like it but. if it if it seems like there's nothing else that they could possibly do that could match what they've done. Sure. But I feel like there's so much more they could do with Schmigadoon. Yeah. They've only scratched the surface. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Any concluding things that you wanted to discuss that we didn't get to? Um. No. No. Shaboopy. Shaboopy. <laughs> we did it. We did it. <laughs> well, I know you uh, don't necessarily, we already kind of plugged your, your two podcasts that mm-hmm. you've done, Clifford and Masters of the Universe. Yeah. Do you happen to have any recommendations for listeners? If, you, if they've enjoyed listening to you talk about Schmigadoon, maybe your similarities between uh, what you like and what maybe these listeners would like. So is there anything you'd like to recommend? Hmm. Um, well, if we're going in terms of musicals, um, I would absolutely – if you haven't seen Hamilton, go see Hamilton. I mean, it's, it's on Disney+. Plus. You can do it. Um, and then if you want to venture into something older, I mean, singing and writing is classic. That's great. And then also An American in Paris is, is wonderful. Yeah. I would say those are probably my top two. Yeah, those are great. Yeah. Um, I agree. Singing in the Rain is one of my faves. Mm-hmm. And as far as musicals go, I think it's one of the funniest musicals because mm-hmm. you're really watching a comedy that also happens to be a musical. Right. And it's got some of the best dancing oh. I think yeah. I've ever seen. It's wonderful. That You know what? Just to... Just to touch on Schmigadoon a little bit. That was one of the scenes that I got upset with where she's Amel is waiting on the road and she there was gonna be a dance sequence. <laughs> she and was like she nobody down. likes it. Nobody likes the dancing. I was like, no, that's not true. It just I think it depends on the length probably or the you know the subdued music that some of them have. Some of them are are pretty well done. I mean uh the Gene Kelly and Sid Charisse and yes. uh, Yeah. 
Sing in the Rain, yeah. And Sing in the Rain. That's a great dance sequence. It's weird for sure. Yeah. It's strange in the context of the film, but it's great. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I would venture to say that maybe they were a little wrong yes. in that phrasing that nobody wants to see the dance routine. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, too, if it was because Mel was so, like, just kind of over it. Right. At that point, she was like, fuck this musical thing. <laughs> like, get rid of it. This is the worst part of the musical for me. Get out of here. <laughs> but yeah, that's a great one. And then I'll kind of echo your sentiments uh, about Hamilton, but I'll, I would recommend In the Heights because I- I've yet to see that. Yeah, I watched it. I knew I was going to like it. Mm-hmm. It just takes a lot sometimes to get like my butt in the seat right. for something like that. And yeah, watch it. It's great. Okay. Yeah, it's I awesome. got to get on that. And then also the, the, the remake of West Side Story is coming out. So. Yes, and Emma Very is exciting. playing Anita. Ooh. Yeah. Ariana DeBose is playing wow. yeah, Anita in West Side Story, which oh, I'm very excited gonna, to see her. This is going to be incredible. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. Yeah. I'm really going in with like no expectations mm-hmm. um, and just going to let it be its own thing. Yeah. So scratch. It's not going to be incredible. It's going to be just mediocre. <laughs> no, no hype. No hype. <laughs> I just, I really do not look forward to all of the comparison reviews. It's going to happen. It's going to happen because West Side Story is just one of those musicals that everybody knows. Right. And it was great. It, it, it should be no. Yeah, I mean, just Romeo and Juliet in general is such an interesting story that's just been done so many different times, and mm-hmm. I think they all hold merit for the most part. So. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Let this one hold merit, people. Right. <laughs> Just go in and enjoy that you're getting a Steven Spielberg musical. Right. Like, he finally is getting to do his musical. He finally did it. Just let the man do it. <laughs> ignore his race and age <laughs> and gender identity. Just ignore all of that. <laughs> Just enjoy the product. Exactly. Yeah. Movies are... Sometimes it's okay for movies to just be fun. Yeah. It's important. It's important. Well, thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. I hope to be um, asked back. Yeah. You and I have very compatible, I think, uh, TV preferences. Yes, I think so. Yeah, frequently (laughs) we catch ourselves watching the same things, Yeah, which is nice. Uh, Ted Lasso for one. Yes. Yes. Ted Lasso is life. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, thank you so much, listeners, for sticking with us through this entire episode we hope you've enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed talking about it Mm -hmm. um feel free as always to check out storyscreenbeacon.com that is where you will find all of our contact information whether you want to follow us on twitter instagram facebook you know the big top three and you can also find on storyscreenbeacon.com all of those great articles, reviews, podcasts. We have an exclusive content feed where you can pay $5 a month to get extra bonus podcasts Ooh. and bonus articles, which those are great. Uh, Mike Burge and I are doing a series where we're watching every single Tony Collette piece, whether it be movie or television show. And we're, gosh, we're deep in now. We're like in episode seven. And that's a great series to check out. It's called The Colette Stuff. Um, But there's plenty of great stuff on that exclusive content feed. And we also have a YouTube channel, so make sure to check us out on YouTube. But again, thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye.